0: visit the stars and just hang out with the aliens or maybe go to neptune uh welcome to cosmos with cosmos high in the sky edition this is special in that we only talk about the events of the week it's much shorter much more direct much more i don't know what you can call it confined i suppose but it's a great episode so i'm brandon i'm liz and i'm mike and welcome to cosmos with cosmos high in the sky edition um, <laughs> Of course, as always, feel free to follow us on Twitter at Drinking Cosmos, on the Instagrams, um, if you listen to us on iTunes. If you want to give us five out of five stars, that'd be super. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into the astronomy events of the week. That's going to be led by our fancy physics man, Mike George. Yeah, actually, this
1: will probably be about more more of a news section that's going on. But um, I would like for everybody, everybody out there, in the cosmos, with cosmos, universe um, out there, that are listening to us and that, that always listen to us, to raise a glass a to one Katherine Johnson. Uh,
2: yes. Yes,
1: indeed. Pioneer
2: so, legend, brilliant woman.
1: She and she literally got us to the moon. Mm-hmm. She and even Captain Jack says thank you in the background. Yes,
2: <laughs> yeah. Captain Jack and Leia, they're wrestling in her honor.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, Katherine Johnson, one hundred and one years old. Um, she did. Uh, well, her and others did math calculations by fucking hand
2: on a chalkboard.
1: <laughs> on chalkboard, paper. on pieces of paper.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Um, they were so good at it that John Glenn, um, when First uh, NASA. In space. Yeah, first American. Yeah, uh, when NASA came to him and said, "Hey, look, you know, our fancy computers have done the calculations for, uh, for you," he 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 said, "Quote, if she, meaning Katherine Johnson, says they're good, I'm ready to go."
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So, yeah. hundred and one. She will be missed. She is with the stars now. Uh,
0: at Astro. At Astro. At And I do want to point out that John Glenn was not the first American in space. He was the first American to orbit the Earth. Oh, yeah. The first American in space was Mr. Alan Shepard
2: himself. That's right. right. Catherine
0: Johnson deserves all the credit she can get. And also, fun Mm -hmm. fact, um, in in Washington, D.C., where NASA headquarters is at, the street they're on is called Catherine Johnson.
2: Yes good it better fucking be and uh if anyone wants to um learn more about Patham johnson and what she contributed then i definitely highly recommend the movie
1: hidden uh, figures
2: thank you
0: <laughs> also it's a really fantastic book as well i was strongly suggest reading the book and the movie as I like a companion read along i don't you know go. it's great
1: <laughs> all right so she will she will be missed mm-hmm. um couple uh things um since uh, Catherine got us um, to the moon, mm-hmm. um, the Earth actually has a new moon. <gasps> yes, 2020 CD3.
2: Oh, it's adorable.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: what it, what do you mean by new moon? What the hell does a new moon mean?
1: It is a C-type asteroid, so it is That's a no rocky asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we have to drink, right? do goes to the blow. Yeah, they apply. Yeah, um, so, so any it,
2: <laughs> any regular <take> it, <laughs> any regular followers of our normal episodes of Cosmos with Klausmos, uh, there are drinking rules. One of those is uh, if there is a Star Wars reference, yeah, take a drink. Uh, also, if Dogs bark, could take a drink, and if we mention anything Lord of the Rings related, also take a drink. So basically take a drink whenever we're being super nerdy.
0: <laughs> just just take a drink, folks. Just but let's continue talking about space when we're not being super nerdy. Take yeah. it
1: away, Mike. All right, so this new moon is a C-type um, uh, asteroid, so Chondrite. Mm-hmm. It's a rocky yeah, asteroid. Yeah,
2: rocky.
1: Um, it's about 6 to 11 feet in diameter. Okay. Yep. I um Apparently it came to us about three years ago, oh. and it is currently kind of moving away from us as we oh. speak, and so it is a temporary thing. The last, but this is not, quote unquote, uncommon. Uh, we have discovered a, an asteroid moon before. That was in 2006, and um, it was uh, a temporary moon of the Earth from 2000, like, uh, September 2006 to sometime in 2007 so
2: so it's 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 better to capture these things instead of letting them hit us
1: exactly um. yeah but speaking of craters big explosions one of the biggest fucking explosions in the universe <laughs> um, they have uh, they've discovered uh, this this uni- uh this explosion they're saying is like the biggest since the Big Bang
2: <gasps> well, that's big it was Although, the Big Bang wasn't technically an explosion, but it's a misnomer, but we'll leave that to another episode. Right.
1: It's an expansion of space and time. Um, But this (laughs) happened in um, a a galactic cluster about 390 million light years away.
2: What's the name of this galactic cluster? Ophiuchus. And what is Ophiuchus?
1: It is a (gasps) snake snake charmer.
2: And what is that in relation to something more familiar to people?
1: It's in the Zodiac. (gasps) It's the 13th Zodiac sign.
2: Scandal!
1: Another reason why you're... your astrology doesn't fucking work. They don't understand the mechanism of this explosion, but they do know that it originated in a supernova, uh, I'm sorry, in a supermassive black hole within one of the galaxies. And it was a slow-moving explosion. So it it took hundreds of millions of years, but it created this, this bubble in the plasma that if you line up 15 of our Milky Ways, they would line up in, in this, in this quote-unquote crater. It, just think about that.
0: I, I, I just love the idea also of a slow-moving explosion. It's right. like if you had a planet made of jello and had TNT explode in the center, it would just be a very slow-moving explosion as well.
2: Just makes me yeah. think of like in the movies and like that slow motion effect, right. you know, traveling right. uh, through uh, the universe. God, the universe is fucking awesome. All
1: right, so I think um, we should get into our our Beetlejuice watch.
2: Beetlejuice watch 2020.
1: Beetle, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, Uh-oh. someone
0: someone had to.
2: I know. It's just I could rewatch
1: really that movie. It's great movie. Is fucking brightening. God damn it. Oh,
2: it's not gonna explode.
1: No. God damn mm. it. It's brightening. It's uh, it's still forty-two percent of it's brightness. What's
2: amazing is though that all of this uh, this brightening that we're seeing now that happened six hundred years ago because it's six hundred light years away. Stop
0: oh, blowing right? my mind, huh? like I I'm not in the position of mind currently to have my mind blown.
2: My it. mind is blown by that fucking explosion in the uh, Ophiuchus galaxy cluster.
1: <laughs> I know, right? That's that's huge. Um, no, no pun intended. Um, but it's uh. Unintended, it's, sir. In in the past five nights it's it's uh it's brightened mm-hmm. a little bit, point oh three okay. uh magnitude.
2: Could be the brightening before the The storm. <laughs> the explosion. <laughs> the implosion. I
1: will fucking take that. <laughs> I will take that. Wow. All right, so that's that's basically um I mean there's there's some events that are coming up, mm-hmm. but I think uh, we'll come back to them.
2: It's exciting. So stay, stay tuned, everybody. Right,
1: right. So that was just the news. We
0: got events that are coming. Yeah, we
2: do. Okay. And now it's time for our rocket launches of the week. Brandon, take it away.
0: Heck yes. Rocket launchers. Throw it to me because I'm excited. Yes. All right. Um, so our first one um, is going to be March 11th, which is Wednesday, the uh, curious. That's going to be a Falcon 9 SpaceX launch of the Starlink at Kennedy Space Center. Oh. Um, they will be launching 60 satellites into space to continue their constellation of satellites. Whoa, this I will not rant about Starlink or <laughs> what it is or what it does, but basically, um, Starlink wants to connect the world that's the game plan with broadband internet. Mm. Will it do so, or is its main function to be a military asset? Go ask Elon Musk, who had a talk at the Air Force literally yesterday, Ooh. and said it can help make spy planes and uh, robotic jet fighters. I'm not going to get into it, though. So, so this that's Merchant Lemoth.
2: People, this is how you get Skynet. Stop it.
0: That's Merchant 11th folks. Merchant Uh The time isn't exact yet, because as we get closer to the time, um, weather and yeah. the stuff kind of changes with the rounds, so you can Google it. Rack Nine, Starlink. Alright, up next... We have Sunday, March fifteenth, and this is going to be a Soyuz, which is Russian, Ooh. a government navigation GLONASS M. Yeah, so it's a government satellite, <laughs> and it's going to be launched at the uh, Plestek Cosmodrome.
2: Can Cosmodrome. I? Can I just say I just like the Cosmodrome? I don't know. It just sounds well, like that, cool. That, that's and basically like Blade Runner esque.
0: No, yeah. it is cool. So it's Blade Runner S because when we think of Blade Runner and futurism, we think of different types of governments (laughs) taking over our free democracy. So the Cosmodrome (laughs) makes a lot of sense in the weird Sputnik future. So that's what's going on March fifteenth. A couple days later, March eighteenth, we again have the Soyuz launching, Mm -hmm. uh, but this time it's launching the one Web three, and this is the the uh, Baconor. Cosmodrome, and that's kind of their main launch site. Mm. Uh, but the OneWeb is actually an American company. Oh. Okay. Uh, kind of like the Starlink, they want to send up a constellation of satellites to provide low-latency broadband communication to the world.
1: Mm. And this
0: one will only, quote-unquote, only have 34 satellites <laughs> to be launched up there. Only. Yeah. <laughs> and I-, I, think, I think OneWeb is based in Colorado, and they have offices in all over the world including san francisco for the couple in europe as well uh but that's a a, a good company to keep tabs on as well
2: okay wow well Mm -hmm. that's great (laughs) i wonder i wonder when the younger generations are going to get sick of the internet and want to go back to a more simpler life as is the circle of
1: you mean like dial-up like like they were doing like film uh, yeah, no, like you
2: know, when hipsterism gets to the point where they're like, we don't need internet anymore. Let's go back to farming and agriculture as our main form so, of everything. So, wh-
0: so what you're saying is that um, we don't need no education. <laughs> get the bass going, Mike. I feel like you're a bass. You player. don't get any anyway.
2: pudding if you don't eat your meat.
0: If you don't eat your meat, you don't, don't eat, your your get meats, no, you don't don't eat any, any pudding. pudding. <laughs> Anyway, so that's March 18th. Their very next day, March 19th, is an Atlas 5, uh, which is a U.S. company as well, U- ULA. And that's going to be a U.S. Uh, military communication satellite. <laughs> and just so you know, whenever you read U.S. military communication satellite, mm-hmm, there's a good chance it is communications, because it turns out communications is difficult to get around the world. But there's also a good chance that it's not communication, and it's something completely different. But <laughs> that will be uh, Thursday. in air quotes. Yes. I was about to say nobody can see you air <laughs> Yeah. But uh, that will be uh, Thursday, March 19th mm. at Cape Canaveral Air Force Base, which is right next to Kennedy Space Center. You know, it's just at Air Force Base.
2: We launch a lot of shit in the space all the time. Yeah.
0: But So that is the rocket launchers of the week. That's great. All right, so maybe we should take a look outside. at what's up in the sky.
2: Yeah, this is high in the sky, after all. So I mean, <laughs> there's well, one of good us is
0: there, don't worry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Who is it? It's for you to decide.
0: One of the two people with a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! We're gonna <laughs> <of> the... <laughs> we'll cut this out. I swear to God, I didn't just take a hit and start coughing. (laughs) I choked on my alcohol, which is probably more legal than coughing after taking a hit.
2: (laughs) While each of us are living, yes.
0: Quote, unquote, alcohol. Oh, my God. Will I leave this
2: in? That's the
1: question. I think that
0: vodka came through my eyes. Holy shit. (laughs)
1: Yes, you will leave it it in because it's funny.
0: It's hilarious, but I want a job. (laughs)
2: So, no, Brandon was not coughing because of any sort of inhaled product other than liquid form of vodka.
1: Alright, so...
2: Alright, so, it's high in the sky.
1: That was a detour.
2: (laughs) Anyway, so, it's high in the sky, so really what we want to encourage people to do is to go outside at night, early morning, whenever you want to be up, and... And and look up now. Unfortunately, most of us live in very light land- polluted areas, so we really don't see the breadth of what's what's really up there. Right. Um, I would all of us recommend going out to a dark sky location, um, a national park, what have you. Um, in Phoenix, we would go out to Alamo Lake State Park, which is now a designated a dark sky um, park, um, and it is amazing it, what you can see it, it, it blows really, you away because you really have no con if you're so used to a city sky you have no concept of the night sky without all the city lights yes brandon
0: i apologize for taking us on a tangent um <laughs> but i, I want to ask both of you mm-hmm. since we all kind of group in cities with mm-hmm. light pollution when's the first memory you have of actually comprehending that you're looking at the Milky Way in a dark sky.
2: And it wasn't until I was older and I was more aware of astronomy and the universe and, and after working in the planetarium, then we um, took the telescopes out to Alamo Lake State Park for this stargazing event hosted by Stargazing for Everyone um, in Phoenix. And once the sun set, the stars came out and the night sky it blew my mind away. It was the first time I ever remember really seeing this—just this hint of the Milky Way galaxy—and the the amount of stars that were out there was mind blowing. Right. It was so beautiful and emotional.
1: Uh, to answer your question, I was a teenager, um, but I was—that uh, was—we had moved out to Blythewood, South Carolina. And very dark uh, sky location, and, I, and you could go see the Milky Way, but I did not appreciate it as much as when uh, I was older, mm. and um, l- literally nearly ran off the road going up from, uh, from Phoenix to Flagstaff, up near Bumblebee, Arizona, going up a fucking mountain, no less, looking off to my side, seeing the Milky Way, and I was like, holy shit, and literally mm-hmm. almost ran across lanes <laughs> oh
2: my God.
1: um but clearly that did not happen no how about with you brandon
0: uh but the first time i was actually cognizant of what i was looking at um i was 20 years old and i was working at a camp up in new hampshire and it was my night off so i went out and laid by the lake and looked it up and i thought this is a great sky. It would be so much better without that clump of cloud. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I went to bed afterwards, and I woke up the next day and did my whole thing, and later on went out again, I looked up, and I thought, why is that cloud still Wait a fucking minute? <laughs> That's no cloud. Yeah, so it absolutely <laughs> blew my mind when I realized what it was after, you know, not, after living in Phoenix, which is just you see two helicopters and three stars every night, and that's yeah. it. So yeah. seeing the Moku the first time and being cognizant of what it was, was incredible. Wow.
2: Yeah, It really is amazing. So anyone listening, I encourage you to take a weekend or whatever and get away from the City Lights. Go camping. Go out into the middle of nowhere and look up, and it, it, it will it will blow your mind.
1: Yeah, so what are some of the things they can see? Like they're yeah. camping now,
2: I mean, luckily, if you if you live in the sea of lights, luckily you still tend to see like the brightest stars that are up there or the brightest objects that are up there when it's you know twilight, early dusk, and people are starting to see what they think are like oh a bright star popping out to make a wish on. Um, generally, that's not a star at all. Uh, it's a planet, um, and that planet is venus usually (laughs) venus uh for the most part and in this case um currently that is venus um it'll be a very bright object to the western part of the sky um that is going to be the first thing that you see as the sun gets lower and lower on your horizon um and venus is the third brightest object in the night sky so um third brightest object in the sky total, not the night sky. There we go. There There we go. I got there. Um, The first brightest object in the sky being the sun. It's in the sky. It's very bright. Don't look at it. You can't (laughs) see it at night, though. Um, That would defeat the whole point of daytime versus nighttime. Uh, So then you have next is the moon. The moon reflecting sunlight. So Mm -hmm. it's very bright, very close to us. Um, it's our best friend, as I like to call the moon. Uh.
0: <laughs>
2: and then you have Venus. Um, and Venus is really bright in our sky because it has very thick clouds made primarily of carbon dioxide. And carbon dioxide reflects a lot of sunlight.
1: And it's relatively
2: close to us. And it's relatively close to us, yeah. it's it's It goes Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, and Venus is a little bit closer to us than than Mars is, um, and so Venus is setting in the uh, the western, western part sky. of the sky early in the evening. Very very bright, you can't miss it. It'll be very very obvious to you.
1: Awesome! Yeah. So you got Venus over there in the west. Yeah. We have any cool constellations that are up
2: if you're facing south. Orion and Taurus are still very prominent. We talked about this on last High in the Sky episode. Um, We are still technically in winter time. We won't be for very longer. Um, So they're beginning their journey out um, of our sky. So they're beginning to set earlier and earlier in our western sky as we get further away from winter. And we're gonna start to see more springtime constellations rise um, earlier in the eastern part of the sky. One of those is Leo. Leo! Lion. Good old Leo. Sure, Leo. Leo is actually really easy to recognize because all you have to look for is, like, a big, like, hook or or sickle.
1: Backwards question mark? A
2: backwards question mark in the sky. Um, and the point of that question mark is a, a fairly bright star called Regulus.
1: The royal star. The royal
2: star because it's the heart of Leo the lion. Um, So that's one a very very prominent constellation that you can notice. And again, um, I recommend, I would say we all recommend downloading on your phone, like Google Sky Maps, um, and that'll help you to easily pinpoint these objects and constellations in the sky. But are there things in the constellations when we see them that we can't see directly with our eyes and maybe we need like, Special Ooh. apparatuses, like binoculars or a telescope?
1: Deep sky objects?
2: <gasps> Deep sky what? objects! Leo's got them? Yeah! Awesome! It's got a few. In fact, there are... So, I don't know if anybody out there knows, but we live in a galaxy.
1: <laughs>
0: far, <or laughs> far away. Far,
2: far away. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, got it. I got
0: to gotta <laughs> drink.
2: Yeah, we got to drink for that. Uh... We live in a galaxy known as the Milky Way galaxy. And that's because of, it looks like, you know, like a spilt milk across the sky if you go out into a night a dark sky location. And that's kind of why we call it that, which is courtesy of the Greeks. Different cultures do different things, but we go by the uh, ancient Greeks predominantly because that's what, like, medieval Europeans were into, and so they, like, gave us everything. Um, so <laughs> within Leo the Lion there are, um... A bunch of galaxies Ooh. that you can spot if you have better eyesight, A.K.A. <laughs>
1: binoculars or, or a telescope. A telescope.
2: <laughs> so there are a bunch of objects in the sky that have uh, interesting names that all start with an M and then end with a number. Uh, and these are known as Messier objects. So there was this dude way in the past. His last name was Messier, Charles Messier. And he used his telescope to look up there, found a bunch of stuff, and gave him designations. Right. Um, and so what you can see essentially in Leo, uh, some of the things at least, are M65. These are Messier object 65, M66, M95, M96, and... M105. Now these are all galaxies except one of these galaxies is slightly different from the other galaxies. Which
1: one is that?
2: That is M105. M105 is what's known as an elliptical galaxy.
0: Oh, nice. so, oh that sounds like hard work where you had to like give in to go to the gym and sweat a little bit. I don't like elliptical galaxies at all.
2: It's worth it. It's worth it. Okay, so <laughs> you get gains. You get gains. So Our Milky Way, of course, is a spiral galaxy. So what that means basically is when you look at our galaxy through a telescope, it has these sort of arms that come off it, and it looks like a spiral. Um, So all the the galaxies that I just mentioned are spiral-type galaxies, just like our own. Um, M105 being elliptical, you can think of it more like a football-shaped ball of stars. So it doesn't have those spirals, as I mentioned earlier. So it's a little bit different. Nice. Yeah.
0: Cool. So even though it's cool. football shaped, it doesn't spiral. It's exactly. In like NFL terms, it's like, what do they call that? Uh, shot bird? I don't know. Well, when they didn't the have the laces out. out. Spiral. The laces weren't out, so they know. didn't
2: get the proper spiral. <laughs> you gotta have the laces out. If I learned anything about football from Ace Ventura a Pet Detective, spirals out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, did you mention that 105 is near 95 and 96? I did not. Yes, they, uh, they're close to each other. Yeah. Um, but you know what also is interesting with galaxies and Leo?
2: Hmm.
1: Um, a little thing called the Cosmic Horseshoe.
2: What's that? Oh, snaps. <laughs> That's interesting.
1: Yeah, the Cosmic Horseshoe, it, basically it is um, gravitationally lensed. Um, galaxy so what What is
2: gravitational lensing fancy physics hold hold
0: the fuck on what is gravitational lensing that sounds cool and awesome
1: all right so you'll have a a galaxy that is far far away (gasps) you just took your drink so i know i'm mid
2: drink i was mid swallow
1: (laughs) and then you'll have one that is much closer to Mm -hmm. us and as a light travels from that more distant galaxy Um, it will encounter the, the gravity of that closer galaxy um, and because of Einstein and general relativity um, gravity will bend light and so it, it um, creates this lensing effect so it comes, it comes around the edges of that nearby galaxy and it gets bent towards us and so instead of seeing the more distant galaxy mm-hmm. what we see are these um, arcs yeah, these gravitational arcs, they're called, well, they're called gravitational That's arcs. in cool. um, this particular one, um, it actually looks like a horseshoe going around the closer galaxy, which you can actually see in pictures. You can actually see the closer galaxy. Sometimes you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but you can see what looks like a horseshoe around it. So it's oh, kind of wow. cool. And the more... The, the closer galaxy is called LRG3-757. Oh, what a sexy, sexy name. I know, right? Um, it is 100 times more massive than our Milky Way. Oh, wow. So since it has more mass, it's able to really kind of warp. Space time.
2: 100
1: times more massive? That's a lot. That's insane. It, that's it, insane. It really
2: wow.
1: Um, it is... Called a luminous red galaxy.
2: So is there a lot of uh, dust and gas in this galaxy? Because the dust and gas can, tends to turn light and uh, give it a reddish.
1: Well, um, more so the
2: reddish end of the spectrum.
1: I, I think what it, w- the reason why they call it luminous red galaxy is because it is actually, when you look at it in the infrared, mm-hmm. just exceedingly oh, bright. Oh, wow.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and so um, it, it does belong to this class called luminous red galaxies. hundred times more massive than our Milky Way, which... And Just we have, okay,
2: mind. people, we have a hundred billion stars within our Milky Way galaxy.
1: Yeah, so that's the equivalent of At a least. trillion stars. That's a... Um, I know.
0: There that's are no like other words. Time, that's like ten times... That's like... Nine point one times more money than Jeff Bezos has. <laughs> <laughs> Look, everybody,
2: right now, Google Drake's equation, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah.
0: yeah I I'll also know. say hashtag eat the rich. Google that. And at that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, doesn't me. There's space is amazing. The universe. Really is. I mean, the stuff that is out there that you don't realize is out there because you can't see it just with your eyes alone. I,
1: I know, right? But so, so far, strange. so far, we've been talking about things that are in Leo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: That's but true.
1: If, if we go back to the ancient Greeks, mm-hmm. when they looked at Leo, they they saw this constellation, they had stories about it.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, ancient people, they just kind of looked at the sky, saw patterns, which we still do today, uh, and made up stories to explain the way uh, the world around them. So Brandon, how did they explain the world around them with Leo?
0: Well, thank you for that great transition list. Um, so of course the ancient Greeks have their constellation stories. They looked up at the sky, they connected with dots and said, hey, that right there looks like a small dog or a unicorn or what have you. So in this case of Leo, they of course called it Leo the Lion. Yes, really dramatic,
1: it's dramatic Well, it was such a long pause. She's <laughs> got a pause. It's got to be dramatic. That's I mean, what, what it was there for, is, is for
0: Mike to run with it. Uh, but I also want to point out um, one of our favorite modern day fantasy stories of Harry Potter also names the characters after the stars. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned Regulus earlier. Mm-hmm. Regulus is a character in Harry Potter named Regulus Black mm-hmm. who happens to be the son of Orion Black. Oh. Also the brother of Sirius Black. So it all comes together. There. Mm-hmm. And here, going back to the story at hand, we have Leo the Lion given us by the ancient Greeks. And the first person I want to point out here is the name Aristophanes. That's a name that constantly keeps coming up in ancient Greeks, stars or what have you. And Aristophanes is the first person to calculate the circumference of the earth. And he got it extraordinarily close like 2,200 years ago. Which is incredible. Uh, But Aristophanes looked at Leo, saw the constellation, and he called it Leo. The king of the beasts. And what do we we call lions today? We call lions the king King of of the jungle.
2: Yeah, yeah, so I mean lions are terrifying. I mean they're they can be cute, but yeah, they're terrifying. I mean, they will lions,
0: kill you in a second. Lions and tigers and, and also bears. Bears. Oh God. my! They're pretty terrifying. Uh so I'm going to postulate That that's where the king of the jungle came mm-hmm. from. It takes to old Aristotle saying sure. is the King of the Beasts. Anywho, so what do you do with the King of the Beasts? The king of the jungle is up in the sky up there. And his story, like so many constellations up in our sky today, um, they have, or rather he, Leo, has a story based in another constellation. In this case, Hercules. Ooh. Or if you prefer, Heracles. No. Or if you prefer, for a 21st century, Hercules! Hercules! <laughs>
2: Was that in the 21st century?
0: Or, I'm sorry, don't you mean, Hercules! <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man!
0: So there are multiple ways to pronounce his name, but in any case, Hercules really got famous thanks to twelve reasons. And in this case, it is the twelve labors of Hercules. Mm-hmm. And this all depends, you know, what mythology you want to scri- subscribe to. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, it's going to be Hercules' the and, legendary the journeys. <laughs> The Legendary Journeys of Hercules with uh, Kevin Soros. Soros? Yes. Soros. So- Sorbo. Sorbo. Soros is another guy, Sorbo, who is also has issues, but love that movie, love the show, love the Xena crossover episodes. Yes. Y'all go watch
2: it. Xena's the best.
0: But in any case, um, Hercules, Heracles, Hercules had the 12 tasks, and his very first task he was given was to, you know, kill Leo the Lion. <gasps> oh, no. And this was for either you know, two reasons. Um, mm-hmm. either because he kidnapped two women or because the reason I subscribe to, he kept killing people in the town <laughs> of Nemia! Wait oh a fucking minute, you can kidnap people. Don't fucking kill people. <laughs> so this wow. monstrous lion who was the king of the beast. So imagine, I don't know, like a hippo-sized lion That's
1: just big. going to <laughs> Nemia
0: and taking people out left in life. It's like the beast in the sandlot, That's how monstrous oh, this thing is. Yeah yeah so it's going around the town killing people left and right and hercules is being told go kill it so hercules goes all right i'm strong i'm young i can take it so he's going going through the town and on his way he picks up this wood he fetches it into arrows he's just, he's thinking i'm gonna shoot this motherfucker and call it a night mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um uh, so he goes down to nemia he you know nocks zero he draws it back and lets loose oh, and what happens <laughs> Let's it fly! But what happens? So nothing. it hits it hits a lion and it fucking bounces mm-hmm. off. And that's because Leo the Lion had a hide made of pure gold. Whoosh. And it bounced off this lion like nothing ever happened. And it turns out arrows, knives, swords, nothing can penetrate the hide of this lion. Man. So after Man, Hercules, what you do? What to do? Right? what to do? So after Hercules shoots this line, I'm assuming he goes talks to, he go talks to Phil, uh, which is, you know, the short goat <laughs> yep. man from the Disney for Hercules, So says, Hey Miss Phil! Joe? Well, so Phil, aka is he a um, Doctor? Phil, aka Sagittarius, do the same things here. Okay. So Hercules goes to talk to Sagittarius, aka Phil, who has his own great story and mythology. <laughs> and he goes, Phil, what the fuck do I do? And Phil goes, I don't know, man, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go drink and catch a bronze. So it's left to Hercules to figure out himself. So he goes down to Nemea. again, this is a town, and he tracks this lion down to a cave with two entrances. And he gets down to this cave, he gets in there, and from the faint distance, because it's very dark in this cave, he can kinda see this lion slumbering going back and forth. But he knows he can't kill it with arrows or you know swords what have you so instead Hercules being the semi-god he is the great mammoth of strength he takes his two hands and slams it against the side of this cave until this cave rumbles and he hears the Leo the lion rumble as well nothing happens so again he takes his two massive hands and slams it once again against the edge of this cave and it rumbles until to the point where the two entrances collapse. The rocks fall down, and there is no escape escape, except, rather, for Hercules and Leo. So they look at each other. They find each other's eyes in the dead of this midnight black, and they charge. Leo, the great beast the size of a hippo, the strength of a mammoth, comes charging, and Hercules, a semi-god, runs straight at them. And they babble and they babble. And turn, Hercules wraps upon the back of Leo and gets this great lion hooked into the choker. And, of course, Hercules chokes this lion one breath at a time until this great lion collapses and falls. And he is gone. But, of course, Hercules, looking at this great lion, says, I need proof. I need mean, to prove to the world what I have done for my first great task. And he tries to skin this lion with his sword, with his dagger. They dull and break. There's nothing. So Hercules thinks, how can I take this? And an idea appears. He takes the great claws of this beast, of Leo, and skins fucking Leo himself with his own very claws, to where he wears his cape and takes the head of leo throughout his life so for the remainder of his 12 tasks for the rest of these 12 tasks of hercules he has upon him the cloak of leo the lion where neither sword dagger nor arrow may penetrate it so as i don't know a thank you as a remembrance somehow leo the lion was put up into the sky into this first tribute of the mighty hero (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god.
2: That was the most riveting Leo story I've ever heard.
1: Great that's condition a good, uh, that's a good of a Huckylee
0: story.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was exciting. So check Leo out. Rising Now.
0: And I think Liz gets to follow that. Pretty quick.
2: Yeah, I gotta follow with that with some shit the moon is doing. I can Yay. follow
0: it, but. <laughs> it, wait, is the moon mooning?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the moon is gonna be mooning us on the, uh, the 9th of March. March 9th. I don't know what fucking day that is, but we're gonna get a full moon.
1: It's a Monday. Oh, thank you. I think. Oh. Oh, uh, sure. Sorry, do you mean a. Uh, Moon day.
2: <laughs> it's a moon day. <laughs> if the ninth is a Monday, look at a calendar, somebody.
1: I I am. The ninth is a Monday. Yes, yes it's gonna be Monday. A Monday. It's a
2: moon day. It's a full moon on March 9th Um, no, people are not gonna be crazier. Stop. It's not. They're not gonna become lunatics all of a sudden. But it's going to be a
1: supermoon, right?
2: Um, no! <laughs> Stop with the supermoon!
0: All Let's right, get
2: this go- thing cleared out. Okay, Let's so, get it going. We've got so, longer. Let's go. March 10th, It is the moon is going to be at perigee. What this means is the moon is at its closest point in its orbit around the Earth, and so that means it'll look just a little bit bigger in the sky. You will see articles and shit about a supermoon. This is, this is bullshit. It doesn't really look that much perceptibly bigger and it just happens to be a full moon. It means nothing. So
1: just go out and look at it. Stop
2: and check it out. okay? Just Although, not with a telescope. Don't look at the moon with a telescope in a full moon because it's really bright and it can actually bl- hurt your eyes. Hey,
0: so, possibly, it buttons. does. Yes. Yeah, so it does hurt your eyes like in the telescope because it's yes. fucking bright. It's really uh, bright. But- if you want to look at the moon at any other face, you can see the shadows of the mountains cast upon the craters. And it's incredible. So go yes, look at the moon really that, that.
2: So look at the moon through a telescope when it's not a full moon. Why don't we
1: move on to the last quarter of the moon? <laughs> <laughs> when All it right. actually is kind of cool to look so at through a So March
2: 16, three sixteen, which is one of my best friend Mary the Blowfish's birthday... Woo! Yay, happy birthday, Mary.
0: Isn't that also Austin 316?
2: Three, Austin, Austin, Austin
1: 316, Stone Cold Austin, WWE. Drake. <laughs> uh, how
0: about the Eyes of March? Oh, also, it's Julius it's Caesar,
2: different. stabbed many times, stabby, stabby. killed uh, A2 Brutus, um, that also is a thing.
1: Um, that'll Here's be the a last moon.
2: quarter moon. So what that means is the moon is going from a waxing crescent into a new moon, which means all of the far side of the moon is illuminated by sunlight, therefore not making it the dark side of the moon, you motherfuckers! Can
0: we quote Pink Floyd again at the end of the album? <laughs> well, of course there is no dark side of the moon.
2: And then some... <laughs> Some exciting stuff happens that is unrelated to the moon. Ah. On March 19th, we will experience the March equinox where the sun crosses the celestial equator at 9.50 p.m. Salt Lake City Mountain Time. And what that means is winter is over and spring has come. Spring Ah. has
1: come. You know, that's all after sunset. Uh Can we move to the early morning?
2: Well, no one's awake at this time, except for Mike and I, when we go to the gym at four o'clock in the morning.
1: Oh, my God. Um, there's, some, more. there's some cool shit that happens in the early Yeah, life. but
2: if you happen to be up, you can see some more planets. Right. So you can see, so you, as a recap, you can see Venus right after sunset in the twilight. Very, very bright. Don't make a wish. Well, make a wish on it, but nothing's going to happen. Um, but if you're up in the early morning hours, uh, there's a few more planets you can see. And those planets are Mercury, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mars. Now, Jupiter is going to be the brightest of them. Um, Jupiter is the fourth brightest object in our sky, so it just follows Venus. Um, Very bright. Mercury is the hardest to spot. Now, luckily, on the 18th of March, it's going to be its highest point in the early morning sky, Um, and that's because it's so close to the sun that we only see it, like, right before sunrise or right after sunset, and it generally can stay pretty low to the horizon. Mm -hmm. So if you live in an area that's, like, really mountainy and stuff um those stuff the mountains and, and whatever on your horizon can block it from right. view a lot of
1: times
0: and, um, once, and once again also that is the 18th of march the 18th yeah. of march
2: and, and
1: this one this particular case is gonna only be 10 degrees from the sun so it's still gonna
0: be it's still
2: pretty close i mean it's still
0: gonna be very hard I mean, to yeah see. Mercury's That's less than, than one spot. hand with the yeah <laughs> it's just very close
2: Um, but Saturn and Jupiter and Mars, you'll be able to see, um, Saturn, of course, being, um, just next in brightness after Jupiter. Um, and Mars, of course, is going to have like a reddish tint to it. Right.
1: And as far as like from the sun, it's sun, Saturn, Jupiter, Mars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. And Jupiter is going to actually, on the 21st of March, it's going to get really close to Saturn and
1: Mars. Oh, and by the way, when I say from, uh, from the sun, that is in our sky.
2: Yeah, not... In reality of the solar system and planet placements, but our perspective in the sky,
1: right? And so, um, uh, Jupiter is going to be really close to Saturn and Mars on the twenty-first. Mars on the twentieth is only going to be zero point five degrees away from Jupiter, so relatively close. close. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of stuff to see in the sky. Yeah, and
2: mm-hmm. if, if you have a telescope, you can see the rings of Saturn, which is amazing. It looks fake. Um, they're beautiful. And you can see the four uh, brightest moons of Jupiter, the four largest Same moons moon of Jupiter. Galileo, so. um, Galilean moons, depending where they are in their orbits. Um, and I don't currently at this time know their exact orbits, but it's uh, Io, Europa, G- uh, Callisto, Callisto, and, and Ganymede. Ganymede. Um, and you can actually download an app for your phone that's like Jupiter moons or, um, Galilean moons. And it'll kind of show you exactly where they are in their orbits around Jupiter and what you can see through a telescope. Mm -hmm. So if you have access to a telescope or even binoculars, that is something definitely worth waking up a little bit early in the morning to, uh, check out at this point.
0: Perfect. Check it out. and if you have any questions based on what we said for the last supposedly 30 minutes, or more like an hour, <laughs> yeah. uh, feel free to tweet us at Drinking Cosmos or Instagram, Cosmos with Cosmos. We'll get to your questions in the future show, or we'll just tweet right back at you because we're lazy. Yeah. Uh, next week, we have another great episode, full episode of Cosmos with Cosmos. Thanks, everyone. All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Everybody, have a great couple
1: weeks. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha.